Hi, thanks for calling Movies Last Night. Unfortunately, we're not able to take the call right now. We're currently recording our latest episode for our rabid fan base. Please do leave a message after the tone, though, and hopefully we can get back to you. Hello, and welcome to Movies Last Night. How are you doing? Doing well. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, another day, another dollar, another <laughs> podcast. <laughs> um, so let's just get this over and with out of the way. We don't really have a plan in action for this episode. Obviously, we know what movies we're going to talk about. Yeah. Movies, plural. Uh, yes, we saw two movies this week, um, but no set plan of action. So I'll ha- we might as well hash it out, do a little bit of um, housekeeping online. Um, I think what would be a good way to do this is let's just open it up with a general discussion because there's some questions I want to ask you about some certain topics. And then I I figured we could go into um, the first movie, uh, do our general thoughts and impressions, hit the spoiler section. Second movie, thoughts and impressions, hit the spoiler section. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Sound good? Hopefully it won't be um, a a three-hour marathon. (laughs) I don't know. <laughs> no, no. I I don't think it's going to be one of those ones today. Um they it was pr- it's pretty interesting. I will say I'm a little bit disappointed. Um not disappointed, but I like the experience of of, of seeing I mean both of the movies that we saw, which we'll get to, are both new to me. So it's I still saw new movies, but it, it's not the same thrill as I would have saying um that we'd just been to the theater and we saw something, you know what I mean? Yeah. It feels kind of different same. doing it this way. Same. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's like a. I'm a little deflated, I guess, on the experience, but we'll we'll cover that when we get into it. Um, but I did want to pick your brains a little bit. So you and I just couldn't really pencil in a time this past weekend to go and see anything. Mm. Uh, work life balance kind of got in the way. So the the movies that we were on the cards for us to see would have been French Dispatch, uh, Antlers. I think those were the two main ones that we were discussing seeing for the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then the heavy hitter for the weekend was the Eternals and neither one of us were super kind of vibing on that one at all. Yeah, not at all. Um, so with that being said, we decided that we were going to, um, pick a few movies or well we actually decided to just pick one movie but we couldn't decide which movie to pick <laughs> back and forth back and forth um yeah. i know i wanted to watch something on netflix uh to kind of keep it a bit more current um and i'm kind of intrigued by the idea of netflix originals like uh movies that were either at some point supposed to go to theaters and netflix stepped in and in and, and bought the rights to them or 
conversely, that Netflix funded just specifically solely for their uh, streaming service, mm. neither of which I think applies to these two movies, but we'll, we'll get to that as it goes on. Um, so anyway, we, we couldn't decide. And the process of us deciding what we we're going to watch kind of made me think about this. Say if we weren't going to do this podcast and we, we didn't have plans to do this episode, when you're sitting down and you're going to watch a movie, how do you choose what to watch on these streaming services? Because this is a genuine question I have mm-hmm. because there is so much content on that. And, and it's almost, um, I find the whole process kind of unappealing, just like flicking through things. Yeah. And sometimes I find myself doing that for like, I'll do it for like 30, 40 minutes where I'm yeah. just like in a zone, just looking at stuff and I can't decide. So I just kind of wanted to see what your process was. Sure. I mean, it's not, I don't think that, um, I don't think that what you're experiencing is uncommon. I think a lot of people do that where it's like they flip through. Some people will spend the length of a movie flipping through Netflix to watch a movie and never pick anything. I I mean, I've been guilty of doing that. I've done that through with like Netflix. I've done it with like prime video um hbo i'll just sit there and and i'll just look to see what's out there look to see what i can watch but never watch anything it's very strange it's a it's a i think it's a new occurrence um and i'm sure they're going to write studies on it (laughs) in some way because it's it's so strange that we have so many choices and yet i think a lot of people just won't settle on anything or the or you know they're afraid of picking the wrong thing you know so i think that's where the kind of the popularity of those that like episodic television or episodic series come in where you know it's like it's midnight mass or it's squid game or you know it's whatever is kind of in the zeitgeist of the time and everybody's talking about and then that's what people will watch. So you don't hear a lot about people watching a movie on a streaming service that often, at least. Uh, I'm I'm sure people do. Obviously, we do. Um, but my process usually is I I I'll create watch lists. Is what I'll do. Like if I get on there, I'll look at stuff that they have set for the future or um netflix has a reminder like they'll have a coming soon and you can click and it has a reminder so a lot of the like movies that i've been watching lately is stuff that was coming like like months like months uh i that i saw months ahead of time uh and just set a reminder and then it popped up and like okay this is what i'm gonna watch for the day um and then the kind of the same with Prime, you know, I, I have a list that I kind of create if I'm not sure what I'm going to watch, uh, then I'll just watch something on my list. Um, usually, if I watch something current, it's like something that had released on that service, like the day of or the weekend of or something like that, that I was kind of interested um in seeing like, uh, you know, a lot of the HBO stuff where they're dropping it in the theaters and then at home at the same time, I'll watch it there. Um, 
or if there's say there's a little bit of hype behind a movie i'll i'll turn it on and i'll start to watch it if if i'm kind of if i'm with it then cool if not then i'll just i'll just go on to something else so um it's funny it's like 50 50 it, it seems like like 50 percent of the time i will watch something that i have seen before you know i'll watch an older movie that i hadn't seen in a while uh, that i remember liking and not necessarily something new that uh, uh people might talk about or, or have a conversation about or something like that um more times than not that's fascinating so do you, do you think well a ton of things you said that i think are really interesting so do you think that sometimes when you choose an older movie i i do the same it's very similar to how i uh navigate my way through this a lot of times i will settle on an older movie like for instance the other day i, I couldn't find anything to watch and i ended up watching midnight run again which i've probably seen like 25 times oh yeah, yeah. um but um great movie by the way if anyone's listening and they yes, haven't seen it so good. but um yeah, if you haven't seen it, you need to check yourself and watch that movie. Um, but what's interesting about that is, I wonder what the psychology at play at, with that is. Is So I could put on an old movie, so I'll, I'll be like, oh, I can't decide, is this going to be good? Shall I commit the next two hours to this? Shall I commit the next two hours to this? Yeah. And then I'll be like, oh, well, I'll just watch this because I know this is good. Yeah. But the psychology behind that is very much like, I'm not worried, therefore, that, that if I put something on that I know that I like and that I've seen, it doesn't matter if I get up to let the dogs out. It doesn't matter if I go fix a drink. It doesn't matter if I get sidetracked on my phone mm-hmm. or I'll be checking Instagram or uh, uh, doodling on paper or whatever. Yeah. So like like this, the psychology behind making a safer choice is pretty interesting because there is, like you said, I think there's like a, a choice paralysis that we fall into when, when we're confronted with so many options. And like a lot of people, I have pretty much all of the major streaming services, yeah. though I don't know why I do, because I must be spending <laughs> a fortune. But yeah. that is uh, I'm the same. I'll go through. Yeah, that that is really interesting because we pick, I think we picked those. We pick those movies to watch that we've seen before because we know we don't have to pay attention to them. Um, then why are we? Then why are we doing it? I, I, you know that, I, mean? I know. Weird, I know. I know. And I think that that probably plays into something uh, deeper in the culture. Uh, I I would assume, you know, because if you put on something that you're not sure of or you're not or maybe people haven't been talking about or, or you don't kind of have a, uh, you know, you don't, you don't, you haven't really bought into it at all. Then you have to pay attention to it in order to kind of have, have a, have, have a, like being able to determine whether or not it was worth your time or not, you know? So, Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it's it's risky in that sense. So it, it goes back to, oh, I made the wrong decision. You know, people don't want to make the wrong decision about things. So it, you kind of lean into the stuff that you're you're more comfortable with, I guess. So it, it's I mean, it's very interesting. And and I think. And I think it's a it's a newer phenomenon that is. Uh, that has happened within, you know, I guess within the last 10 years or so, you know, I would say, I mean, even in a shorter period of time, yeah. now, because I feel like a decade ago, 
I was still getting Netflix DVDs in the mail. So I feel like mm. it could even be less than, less than 10 years ago. But like, yeah, and I think there's something to be said too about the option that people have where if, say, if it's a serialized show like Squid Game or A Midnight Mass, two examples you picked, what's interesting about that is if you commit to one episode, okay, you know it's a slightly less commitment than a movie because yeah. it's about an hour long. So then you commit to the first episode and what the beauty about um, serialized uh, TV is, is that your decision's therefore made for you for the next seven nights. So if you watch an episode a day, when you log in, you don't have to go flick through things and go, watch like watch, but I'm watching episode two. I'm watching episode three. So you fall, like, I think it's there's a comfort in serialized TV too, where it, it does take away the element of choice away from you again, which is, I think, why it's a lot more popular. I don't know if the numbers back me up on this because I don't know how transparent um, streaming services are with their numbers. But I would, I would, if I was a betting man, I would probably say that the big shows, the likes of Squid Game or You or, um, yeah, again, Midnight Mass, I'm sure their viewing numbers are a lot higher than the movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah um, because you don't have to... You don't have to commit the time, really. But but the weird thing yeah. is you're committing more time by watching the series mm-hmm. than you are like an hour and a half, two hour long movie. I mean, those are just pretty much one and done and then you move on. Yeah. But but these other things, you know, it could be it could be ten hours, it could be, you know, five seasons, you know, the fifty yep. fifty plus hours that you've decided to uh commit yourself to. So it's very strange. It is, it's very strange. Yeah, yeah, it is. I just think it was, it was fascinating because it took you and I forever to decide on on what to watch, and, yeah. it was, and even when we decided on what what to watch, we added another thing into yeah, it, yeah. like about an hour later. Um, so yeah, and like I do the same as you, Eric. I I make a list right now. I feel like list making is the the best tool that you have on these devices. Because you're just narrowing it down. And then when you look in, you just look at your list and they uh, only have to worry about these 20 choices now. Mm-hmm. Don't have to worry about the 10,000 other things mm-hmm. that I feel like, you, unless you're an expert in navigating, a lot of times, a lot of stuff that you might be interested in is so hidden away from from you. There's a lot of times I'll come across and be like, oh, Netflix has this. And like, it's not immediately apparent what it does and doesn't have all the mm-hmm. time yeah. uh, as a service. Um, first world problems though I know you know I'm sure there's people who are like dude I wish I had friggin internet at all where I live you know I, I think part um, of the psychology too is the the idea of swiping so you swipe and it gives you a list of five movies and probably any of those movies any five of those would would kind of satiate some sort of um movie watching experience or some sort of pleasure that you're that you're wanting you know at the moment it probably any any five of those because typically they they, that algorithm builds it off your likes and dislikes so it kind of has an idea of kind of your watching um taste but but i think the thing is is so you swipe and you see like you know the five movies or whatever it is Mm -hmm. And, but there's, I think there's something in, in our brains that says, well, if I just, if I choose out of these five, then that's my choice. But I could 
swipe again. And what if the next five movies, those are what I really want to watch, you know? So it's that, it's that idea of what's on the next page, because what's on the next page may be the thing that I really want, you know? So all Mm -hmm. this, all this psychology is built into these, (laughs) built into these services. And I don't think that we're really kind of thinking about it as we're doing it. I mean, I mean, it's kind of a heady and lofty kind of discussion to have, but I mean, it's, it's, it's very real too. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, I do wish I could harken back to the old days, you know, where I I would like go to a video store yeah, and I'd be like, yeah, you know? yeah. I, w- I was gonna say, yeah, when you when you went to a video store, you had to drive there. You had to drive there. You had to, you know, navigate all that. Maybe you stopped and got something to eat. So it's like you're making your decisions. You're like, this is what I'm doing. This is what I'm doing. This is what I'm doing. You know, because you've mm-hmm. committed the time into getting from A to B, you know, and getting back home. And so once you're in there, you you make your you make your choices, you take them home, and then that's just that's just what is playing sort of deal. But um those times have uh long passed. <laughs> yeah, they have. I and like not to sound like an old man or like uh like a a boomer, I guess, as the kids would call me. But yeah, I do, I do miss that. I do, I do miss the 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 certainty of like I've chose these movies. Um, I am I I'm on a time crunch. These are the movies that I'm going to watch. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like mm-hmm. that's it. There's there's no ifs and buts because I I can't even count the amount of times I've started a movie on Netflix and I've switched it off after twenty minutes and put something else on. I did that with you um, know? I watched uh. I watched four. I watched four movies uh, on my days off, um, and I attempted to watch a fifth one, and that fifth one was a uh, stellar cast. I mean, it it had like all the makings of an awesome movie, and I was just kind of bored by it about twenty minutes in, and that was uh, what was it? Harder they fall. Oh yes, the new one, the yeah. new one that just came out on Netflix. Yeah, yeah um, so you, d- you didn't particularly care I did, for it. I, I just at the time, I I was just like, oh, I guess I'm just not. There was things that were kind of taken, taken, taking me out of it, and um, mm-hmm. and I and I really didn't know what it was. So I I had to just kind of walk away from it, and I'll probably get back to it because I mean that the cast is just is incredible. So. It, hey, I I think it's just I think it's just um, you have to be in, in the in the right mood for it was all really, but uh, yeah. of everything that I watched uh, this these last couple of days, I sat through all of it, you know, and that was the only exception. Yeah, me too. I'm proud of myself. I'm proud <laughs> of myself. I did find myself. Um, for one of the movies we're going to discuss, I did find myself picking up my cell phone at one point, and then like I had to have a conversation with myself about it. I was like, "No, put it down, like <laughs> you know, put put the phone down," because I wouldn't do that in the theater. Yeah, and um, I don't know. It just yeah, it's it's an interesting because obviously as time goes on and the more episodes we do, we are gonna 
inevitably there's going to be mixes of episodes like this where we are going to cover older movies or we're going to cover movies on streaming um we're going to cover we, we can't always get to the theater we, we a we're not professional movie critics who get comped yeah. uh, tickets to go and see new releases we don't get sent screeners so uh obviously you know you'd be you'd be mistaken for thinking that listening to the podcast because we're clearly amazing um <laughs> but no we don't get to do any of that yeah. so I think going forward, I, I have to like start to reconcile reconcile this side of the podcast with the other side because like I'm not gonna I'm full disclosure with everybody listening, like my excitement lies when I go to the theater. That's that's the buzz that I get, you know? Yeah. And <clears throat> I wasn't feeling that buzz this weekend doing that. Now, that doesn't mean I don't enjoy doing the podcast. Obviously I love doing the podcast. Yeah. But it was just it was it's just interesting coming back coming off a couple of hot weeks that we had where we, we saw like June and last night in Soho, both movies that we were like super hyped to see. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, to be like, oh shit, what should we watch? And it'd be like, well, do you want to do this? Do you want to, you know, we're yeah, both kind of like, yeah. nah. You know, it, it, um, it really makes me appreciate going to the theater. I mean, if, oh, yeah, if, if anything, I mean, and the, these, these movies were, were fun um, that we're going to talk about. But um, it really makes me appreciate taking the time and uh, going and sitting down with friends, experiencing a movie together, and then, you know, talking about it a couple days later. Yep, 100%. 100% agree with you. So, um, that I thought it was an interesting topic to start it off. Yeah. Um, now... You were what, like twenty five minutes into the podcast, and if you're listening, you're like, "Well, what what movies are you doing?" You haven't even said what movies you're gonna do. So I wish what we should do is next time we do this, we I'm gonna make a list of all the movies that we suggest to each other, just to add on to the episode. Yeah. Um, just in like script form or like in the episode notes, so people can see like our process of elimination to how we get to the movies that we ended up watching. Um. So the first movie, we'll keep the second one a surprise till we do it. The first movie that we watched uh, is on Netflix, uh, and I guess it's deemed as a Netflix original, um, and it's a movie called The Call, um, which was released in 2020, I believe. Um, the most wonderful of all wonderful years, 2020. <laughs> um, and <clears throat> this one, Eric, I had, uh, I'd never heard of Me until neither. we started getting in this conversation. Never heard of it. I never saw a trailer for it. Um, if it did come out and it was hyped, it was a period in 2020 when I just didn't have Netflix. So I think maybe it, it, the hype came out and I missed the, the hype train for it, even if there was any hype train for it, um, because I had no idea. It was kind of buried. And the only way I found it was I was just skipping through uh, the Netflix original section and I was just like looking for something. And what happened was I immediately spotted an actress who we both know. Uh, an actress from a movie that we both dearly love, mm -hmm. um, uh, Burning, which we covered on a previous episode. Yeah. So immediately that piqued my interest immediately. Um, the trailer for this movie is great. So if anybody uh, wants to stop here and then return to the podcast, watch the trailer for um, The Call and see if you're interested. And if if you all watch the movie before you come back, because um, I think a trailer did a really good job of selling the movie. And it also struck one of those um struck a nerve with me because it, it's another korean movie or south korean movie um which i'm i do have a bit of a like i wouldn't say like a fetish for but i'm, I'm kind of into korean movies you know 
Yeah, they're doing so. They're doing something really interesting. They they always kind of they always really kind of go for it. It seems you know, and and, um, anything that we kind of watch like that, I I always kind of I always feel like I come away with like a, a different. A kind of a different perspective, but a, just a different, not your typical movie-going experience, I guess. Yep, I agree. Uh, I think that's a really good thing you said there, going for it, because there is, there's like a level of like, it's almost as if like nobody told people in like, this might sound like a weird thing to say, so I'm going to try and figure out the best way to say it, but it's almost as if nobody told them they couldn't do anything. Yeah. So it's kind of like, <laughs> we'll just do anything we want to do. Yeah. So it's kind of has that like kind of, there's like a spirit and an inventiveness to Korean cinema where it's kind of like swinging for the fences, like all of the time, which you don't really get in American cinema because it's a little bit more, it like, I feel like people feel like they they fit into a place here. So it's like, oh, well, I'm making a blockbuster so I can do this much. I'm doing an indie so I can do this much. I feel like when you watch a lot of Korean movies, it's like, we're just going to do what the hell we like. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Which can be a good and a bad thing too, you know. Uh, I'm not saying that all Korean movies are good because clearly they're not. But uh, I do think, I think that's a, a fun thing that you said because I do believe that's true. So um, I suppose then it was, so there was me that suggested this tre- to you. I sent you the, tra- the trailer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, my heart was set on it. So I was kind of pleased that you said yes. Um, so we'll just throw it to you first then. We'll do the classic. Yeah. Um, what, what, how how is the experience watching it and what are your thoughts um i i really kind of i i enjoyed it 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 it, it kind of sunk into me like uh right from the beginning you know it kind of it was telling a, a simple story in a way you know a uh, story of someone kind of dealing with loss and having to kind of rec- reconcile her past in a way and um and then it does this really interesting kind of narrative shift and you're experiencing a, a few different, uh, the, the best way I can say it, a few different times, um, timelines, I'll say timelines, a few different timelines. And, and I really enjoyed how it played with, the idea of affecting different timelines as it's going on. Now it's similar to uh, Soho in a way that you have to uh, suspend your disbelief. You know, it, it had that element to it um, because it's so preposterous. The, uh, the kind of um, what it's wanting you to believe. So you have to just say, you, you have to say, okay, Let's just go for it, see what happens, sort of deal. Um, but I really liked how they kind of messed around with the timelines. I liked uh, both of the actresses, you know, uh, that were in there, and how they kind of they played off each other uh, really well. The great, a great amount of tension that happens uh, throughout the movie. There were certain points where I was like, you know, if you don't help this person do this thing that the repercussions could be catastrophic for you Mm -hmm. in this time. So, um, 
I thought they built tension really well because you knew that the that the uh, that the price was like really high if uh, if a uh, one of the characters kind of messed up. So um, it's all about. I I think with this movie and the the next one we're going to talk about is going to be like um, what what Jaws did for the ocean. These movies will do for phone calls. And that's what kind of popped into my <laughs> head where it's like, you're not going to want to answer a phone call for a while after this or pick up a, 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 a phone number that you're not, uh, not sure what it is, you know, even though if that phone, <laughs> that phone number might be your own. So, um, I think that they did a really kind of, uh, great job with, with, uh, messing around with timelines and then and then how certain events affected timelines and then the 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 actual the visual effects that take place uh were very intriguing now the thing that i didn't really care about in this is like there's this strange obsession and i don't know if this is just a korean cinema thing i i mean i'll i'll just say straight out this is kind of a layman's uh, perspective on this but there's this really almost um obsessive uh focus on food and mouths in this movie oh. like like people eating food like super yep. close up and then and mm-hmm. then how people are experiencing like being fed or or how they eat and and just the um, the almost theater of the whole thing, because there's a there's a few shots in this movie where there's like a dinner scene where it's just like it's it's almost um grotesque in a way, and then there yeah. then there's a scene where one of the characters is eating strawberries and it's just how she's eating strawberries and how they're filming her eating strawberries and it's like it's almost like they're they're making you pay attention to it because the shots are so focused in on how she's eating and just the, her, the kind of almost, almost grotesque way in a way. But I think that just, I think that has to do with like, it's, it's informing of her character on, um, on how kind of almost vicious she is in a way, the way that she kind of consumes things in a way that, that, that makes her uh i don't know if they're trying to project that she's predatory in this way and that shows that shows in the way that she eats food um or if it is just a if it is a cinematic cultural thing that is that is more kind of prevalent in 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 these types of films that i'm just not aware of so uh I would say that that was kind of the only con for me because I wasn't I wasn't kind of ready for how they portrayed um how they portrayed food and and the use of food um within the movie and, and it's not really a big part it's just like that's just something I picked up on That's fascinating cuz I didn't pick up on it well I obviously did cuz the minute you started talking about it made you I, think it about flooded it flooded my mind with all <laughs> Yeah, because I must have done it without like paying much attention to it. And I, 
yeah, you're totally right. Like there must be a, um, like some kind of direct director director's intent for showing the way that it, it, she specifically eats like that. It like c- carnivorous, you know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah. how graphic and like orally fixated she is when she eats. And uh, that's huge. Yeah. That's actually a really good point. Yeah. It's very gross. Some, yeah. Some of the scenes are like a little bit like where you're like, Oh, that's I, yeah. it. The sound is very, um, yeah, it's pretty full on. Yeah. Yeah, because there, there was parts like in the in the uh, in the dinner scene where where she's kind of being forced to eat in a way, and then her hair is also going into her mouth the whole time, and I'm like, oh, stop! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's pretty gross. It is pretty gross. So, um, were you? So, as I guess, safe to say that you were like pleasantly surprised, like you and you enjoyed it. Yeah, I mean. Um, it, I think it was a, it was a decent little um, kind of suspense ride. Um, mm-hmm. It didn't let me down at all. Uh, it, it was I think it was a little bit long. I think they could have tightened it up a little bit, like maybe carve I don't know 10, 10 15 minutes off of it because it was at about the two hour mark. Um, so I think they could have cut it down to about an hour forty, hour forty five. And still kind of got the same story across. Um, but it tied up nicely. Uh, the, uh, the, the payoff was, was really good. And I, I really enjoyed how they kind of messed with those timelines a lot. Because uh, it was like one person kind of had the power. And then, uh, and then you had to realize that the person kind of, well, I'll say this. One person is like in the nine. Is it nine? One person's in present day and the other person's in the 90s, right? Yes. So yeah. basically, I'll, yeah. So just to give a quick uh, plot synopsis, the movie takes place between two women of the similar age, um, both who uh, live at the same address, one 20 years in the future, one 20 years in the past. Um, both women uh, have experienced some form of trauma um in their lives and then um what happens is uh there's a uh telephone that's in the house so one of the characters the character from the past calls out from the house telephone number but actually gets connected to the same house 20 years in the future where the other female lives um and basically they they then they spark up a relationship between them and then they discover that they're both 20 years apart yeah and then hijinks hijinks ensue (laughs) vicious hijinks ensue but uh i think it's it was really kind of clever how a one character is was smart enough to be like well i can if you don't basically do what i want you to do or or have this relationship with me then i'm going to manipulate your future in a way because i know i basically know who you are i know where you're i know where you're going to live I know where your family's going to move because I'm here now sort of thing. And then it, in the opposite, that future character has to be smart enough to be, you know, steps forward and plan stuff in a certain way to where it affects the past. It's, it was, it was very interesting how they, how they play with timelines. I'm a, I'm a kind of a sucker for a good, um, not, not even time tra- not 
necessarily time travel, but uh, different timelines and how they kind of how stuff can affect people and characters and stuff like that. I mean, I'll I'll always kind of go in for a movie like that. Yeah, I agree. I um. I love that too. I love anything with with uh, timelines, anything that plays with the notion of time, time travel, um, affecting things in the past and in the future by actions, like cause and effect. Um, yeah, there's, I, I, I love that. And what's funny is there's a few movies spring to mind when I think about this movie. Um, one movie is probably the most common one I think people will come, uh, will think of is uh, the movie Frequency. Yeah, yeah. With um, I think it's Dennis Quaid um, and Jim Caviezel. Um, but yeah, that's like a two-way radio that goes back and forth in time where a son is talking to his father uh, through time. Um, and then another movie that kind of, uh, this movie reminds me a lot of, this isn't a good movie, but I'm just using it because it did spring to mind, is The Butterfly Effect with Ashton Kutcher. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which is a real stinker of a movie, but... <laughs> That movie plays with cause and effect over time pretty interestingly. And they that movie also reminds me a lot of this movie because both of those movies have this kind of like a like a, a mischievous cruelty to them. Yeah. Which I think is kind of interesting. Where um the call definitely has some parts where you're like, ooh, that just feels spiteful. You know, like oh, it feels yeah, yeah. Yeah. like very cruel. Yeah. Um in the butterfly effect has things like that. I mean, the butterfly effect is a far worse movie, um, but it, it, it did kind of remind me of it a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I could see that. Definitely. But yeah. I mean, what did you think? What was your kind of impression of this watching? Cause we both, yeah, we both I mean, really didn't know anything about it going into, we just saw the trailer and we're like, okay, let's do it. So. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, I'm pleased I watched it actually. I, I enjoyed it. Um, the things that I enjoyed about the movie is I, I love any movie that has like a central like location. So like a the house plays a huge part of this movie because the house is uh, a architecturally kind of weird for where it is, which already lends it this mystique. Um, I think it's pretty cool. Um, it's one of those houses that doesn't seem to make sense either. So like from the outside, anytime the camera's outside the house, in his exterior shots, the house doesn't look as big as it does when you're inside the house, yeah, when it feels yeah. like massive, which I love too. I love that like, like abandonment of like common sense or like, like yeah. physics or whatever it would yeah. be. Um, so I like that that element to it. Um, again, yes, I'm a sucker for time travel, um, and I like I like both the characters. I thought it was very interesting. Um, how both the girls were the same similar age um and the the central the central conceit of the movie is this this tension and the tension is caused by how do you protect yourself from somebody who can change everything about your life in the past where well, you can't combat that um which is kind of a terrifying notion yeah <laughs> um because it, it kind of reminds me a bit of um you know the movie looper um, oh yeah yeah the um yeah, how they punish that guy and basically they're interrogating him and they must be like chopping limbs off him. But in the future, he's standing there and his limbs start to disappear because he's been caught in the past. And like, that's so clever. And it's also really, really horrifying. That's the worst scene in that movie too. It's like when you watch it, like, holy shit, that's brutal. But <laughs> and the, the, the call plays along that line. Yeah, too. yeah. There's a, there's a few scenes in there where it's like where that past... Uh, 
per the the past person kind of gives the the future uh the the future character a bit of hope you know but then uh you know uh scenes later she takes it away from her you know and and it's yeah such, it's such a kind of horrible way um and and you, you and they do like really kind of cool effects to kind of uh kind of wash uh the timeline in a way so so i really kind of appreciated the that kind of use of of uh, effects when they did that it was very interesting yeah i agree i think for a movie that obviously didn't have that big of a budget the 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 use of the cgi and the effects which uh are like to show like a like a a time shift or like an effect in time um i thought were pretty well well thought out and i thought they were pretty cleverly done mm -hmm. there's actually some really nice photography in this movie too um a couple of standout shots we'll probably get into them when we do spoilers but um so like visually i think the movie's interesting um i like how the movie um uses music too i like how um the girl who's in the past is a, a big fan of this i'm guessing i think it's a real korean pop singer and then um the girl in the future is like hey well do you know he came back and he became famous again and i'll send you you can hear some of his new tunes and she's playing the music back to her um over the telephone which i think is a really cute idea and i like i like the tying in of music and um in a way that it's telling it like a, a change of time and like passing of time um which i think is pretty cool um but yeah like the that the, the general conceit of like i i'm powerless against this person and therefore i'm threatened by this person who's very very demanding um because they can drastically alter so like the conundrum and the cleverness of well how do i how do you strike back at somebody in the past knowing that you can change the future from the past but it, you can't change the past yeah. so um the movie gets around it in some pretty clever ways. I wish they did a little bit more of it, if I'm being honest. Yeah. But um, the few times where it does go down, like there's a few setups and a few set pieces that um, the uh, our future antagonist, she um, she comes up with, and it's really clever because like when you do it, you're like, oh, that's pretty smart. That's how, that's exactly how you do it. Like yeah. if you can't be in the same room as this person, then, you know, but uh, so... I enjoyed that element of the movie too. I think as, as a whole, I really liked the movie. I think there's a false prey to being a little goofy sometimes. I think like a little bit too melodramatic in scenes. Like when, you, yes, when you're trying to portray crazy, it's, or just like, uh, psychologically damaged. It, it, there's always this tendency to kind of like go over the top with, with certain things mm -hmm. and, and then that's some of the things like with the with the character who's kind of psychologically broken. She just kind of has this kind of craziness to her that that is that is a, a bit over the top, I think. Yeah, I agree. I think that kind of takes you out of the movie a little bit. But like just like Eric said, I think you have to be you have to go into this suspend belief immediately. Um you can't be one of those people who tries to to poke holes in the logic of the movie because I'm pretty sure there's some some logic flaws in the movie, <laughs> but like that's do that's doing yourself and the movie a disservice because it's kind of like it's kind of like a it, it's it's a thrill ride. It's a bit of a roller coaster ride, and it's like a fun. I think it's a fun pulpy thriller. Yeah. Um. In 
what what it the downside is that it it can be a bit like cheesy and, and like but also that kind of plays to one of its strengths too because i think it doesn't take itself too seriously so i think you could do this movie either way you could do this movie as and tell this story um as like a really deep thought-provoking slow meditation on time and like cause and effect or you could just have it be a rollicking roller coaster which this movie opts for and i'm pleased it did yeah so yeah i mean personally i would give it like if i had to rate it out of 10 which i don't really want to do i would well i'm not going to rate it out of 10 i'm just going to say that i i enjoyed it it's worth your time there's a lot worse movies you can watch on netflix right now <laughs> and especially i think it's worth giving it a try if you aren't familiar with foreign cinema you uh might want to step out your comfort comfort zone a little bit um if you want to see something uh with great performances by people who you no idea who they are in like obviously if you're korean you probably will but if you if you're not like um i think it's good to to watch something and not be feel any kind of baggage to any of those characters from previous stuff that they've done so um yeah i highly recommend it yeah yeah, definitely. Yeah, check it out. Cool. Now, let's spoil it a little bit. So, spoiler <laughs> warning. Um, if you're listening, give us like 10 minutes and maybe like fast forward to the next movie. I'll try and actually put like a timeline in the episode description to tell you where the spoilers are going to come up. So, spoilers um, for the movie The Call. Um, is there anything you want to talk about, Eric, that would be spoiler related? That anything like that kind of you thought was interesting or you didn't like or um i i thought i liked like like i like i said in the in the original i really liked how they how she kind of she messed around this is the past the kind of evil girl like like you didn't have an idea of how sinister it was gonna get you know because she was psychologically broken by her mother who basically created a a, a serial killer but you you come to find out this the this person is just like this notorious like monster who's just butchering people left and right if if she kind of gets her way you know if 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 the girl in the future kind of helps her escape the police then the then she gets to see what the future looks like and the future looks like a bunch of refrigerators with severed heads in them basically so um <laughs> uh, <laughs> But it was I, I liked how how the the past the evil uh, person um, manipulated her so much just by just by being aware that your family is going to come buy this house from me. I know that they're going to be here, and if you want your because one of the things that happens is their father the father dies in this in this uh, train accident. And then, um, and then the mother, or, no, 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 was no, it was a, no, it wasn't a train. It was the, uh, isn't the house burn or something like that? Yeah. So what happens is, um, she blames her mother for, um, killing her father in a house fire because house she fire, thinks her yeah. mother left the gas on, uh, went out and she was playing with her dad. Then there was a gas fire. Uh, her dad died. And she got badly disfigured. Uh, she has a backburn on her leg. Um, so that's how her father dies. And then um, over time, her mother becomes sick with a brain tumor, which is obviously probably in no part kind of like 
uh, instigated by like the difficulty and the hardship she's had, like the mm-hmm. stress. So she uh, gets diagnosed with a brain tumor, of which is it is operable. It is, however, um, prohibitively expensive. So she cannot get the operation. So the mother's basically like, "Hey, just you'll get the insurance payout when I die." I pretty much resign my my resign myself to the fact that I'm going to die because we can't do this operation. Yeah, yeah. I don't know where I got train station. I must have been thinking of something else. Um, but it it was interesting how they how their relationship began. It was almost like it was very. Uh, it was playful in a way that uh, the girl in the future was helping the girl in the past kind of reconcile uh, her emotions or. Or, or trying to make her life a little bit happier, and how that gets turned after a while, um, and stuff really kind of becomes very dangerous in a way, and and so I I really liked how the girl in the past at, gave the the girl in the future a uh, a glimpse at what her life could be, you know, and, and then, you know, with, with, you know, her, her parents, um, living and they, and they're very kind of, uh, everybody kind of prospers and it's like, it's almost a perfect life. And then because she neglect, neglects the, uh, the past girl, um, that all, all that kind of comes back to, to bite her in the end because she takes it, she strips it all away. And I, I kind of, I kind of liked how, how, how mean that was, you know, in a way and, and, and how they kind of, how she messed with her, uh, in the past in, in such a way that, that was just, it was, it was so, it was so crazy. And I was like, how do people think of this? I mean, how, how do they think of this and how is this person going to get out of it? I couldn't, I couldn't figure how they were going to get out of the situation. Um, and then I also really enjoyed the, the, that greenhouse explosion scene was just, that was great. Oh, was that good? Yeah. And funny. Cause it's another greenhouse. Yeah. And, 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 you know, I'm like, Oh God, greenhouses must be everywhere. In yeah. Korea. Um, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I thought that was really good too. I, I think like, I think they, yeah, the, the inventiveness and the mischievousness of how cruel the the movie is with with like her um saving her father, so she gets everything she ever wanted back, only for which raises the stakes immediately. Yeah. So I suppose like by doing that's really clever because you, you're like, well, how do you, how do you get like the tension between these two characters, and then you basically you give that the the main character you give her everything to lose again so it yeah. makes everything like ex- extremely tense i think what i think is kind of annoying about the movie it's not it's not the movie's fault but the way the movie is advertised so when i found the trailer i sent you the trailer over but i read a brief synopsis and the synopsis goes along the lines of a serial killer connects with a woman 20 years in the future and then i'm like why would you just say that straight yeah. away because <laughs> You don't get that impression. So I knew, yeah. yeah, totally. So I knew going into it that she was a serial killer. So the whole tension that she has with her mother, who's actually not a mother, it's an aunt. It's her aunt who's supposedly a witch or a shaman who's trying to like rid her of these um, 
um, evil spirits, just like she had to do with her mother. So this is her mother's sister who's mm-hmm. looking after her now. Um, but like the movie, if you don't know that the, um, the, the girl's a serial killer, the movie opens by like, oh, this girl's just getting abused by this like rich, like religious nut job. She's yeah. getting like uh, ritual, ritualistically abused. So then the development of her starting to turn, it would be more interesting. But if you know going in that she's crazy, then you're just like, well, she's crazy. That's why she's doing that. That's she's trying to clear the, the spirits from her, the evil spirits or whatever. Yeah, you know? yeah. Um, so I think that didn't do the fa- the movie any favors. Um, like I was a bit disappointed about that, but yeah, I think um, I think like the the explosion in the greenhouse is really good. I thought the scene where she's driving with her father and her father's like, "Hey, I'm going to teach you how to drive," and then um, he is doing that cup thing where he's holding the cup, which is reminiscent of Parasite, um, because there's that scene with the guy in the cup in the car when he's doing his uh, auditioning to be a chauffeur. Mm-hmm. Um, so that yeah. was giving me Parasite vibes too. So that scene where the uh, psychopath in the past, she's like, oh, well, well, she's having a tantrum, so she's basically, okay, well, I'm going to kill your dad again. Kills her dad. That scene I thought was very well done, as he starts to disappear in the car when she's driving, oh, yeah. and then the car disappears, and then she falls on the ground, but then her, her appearance changes back, so, like, she's... That must be... Just to imagine yourself in that situation, that would be, like, insane, because, like... <laughs> Yeah. She's just warping between realities and she has no control over what, what what's happening. Yeah. Which is kind of terrifying, really. Yeah, yeah. It really is. It it really kind of it it used the it used the kind of premise that it had and it really went for it, you know. And I and I could appreciate that. Yeah, it swung for the fences. Now the the, the this will tie this into the second movie that we do today, but like, I'd be interested to see if they do remake this um, because this kind of has remake written all over it. Like, uh, yeah. you could repackage this um, and then cast like I don't know, I don't know who's a popular young like I don't know, but you know what I mean. Like, I feel like oh totally ten yeah. years ago that they, they would have made this movie with Jennifer Lawrence <laughs> ten years ago. Yeah, 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 and they and they um, still probably can. Yeah, so I hope they don't do that, but they, I, I don't know. Like, I think um, the movie is prime for it. Um, definitely prime. But yeah, uh, definite recommend from me. Check it out. Add it on your Netflix queue. I don't think you'll be disappointed at all. No, yeah. I'd totally do it. Cool. So, we're going to swing into the second part of our show now, which is we'll talk about our other choice. Now, when we thought we were going to do The Call, um, I watched it immediately. So I watched it, I think it was like Friday night. I watched it straight away. And then I actually spoke to you the next day and you were like, I'm going to watch The Call on Sunday. Um, I just watched The Guilty uh, last evening. And then I remember you talking about The Guilty and I saw a quick trailer for it with Jake Gyllenhaal, mm-hmm. which is another Netflix original. It just came out. Um, recently, I would say in the past few months, it just came out. Um and immediately when you said that, I was like, screw it. I'm going to watch, the, I'm going to watch the guilty Two. We can tie it in. And what's nice about these two movies is that they both feature or are about a telephone conversation or yeah. telephone conversations. Um, so there's definitely a linked theme between the two movies, um, which I didn't even, 
I didn't put two and two together until today. I was like, oh yeah, you know, so like, that's pretty interesting. So um, what made you what made you choose this one, and what made you what made you sit down and watch this in the first place, Eric? Sure. Um, I had seen it's a remake uh, for one thing. And mm -hmm. I had seen the original, and I think the original is from, I want to say, Denmark. Uh, okay. I believe it's Denmark. Um, I could be wrong about that, but I, I believe it's, uh, it's, it's Denmark. Um, and I watched it, and it's a, it's a couple of years older, and it, it had gotten a lot of kind of uh, buzz about it. And I, I searched it out originally. And then I watched it, and I was like, "Oh yeah, it was really good." And then I saw that uh, it was that uh, Gyllenhaal was um, gonna make uh, do a remake for it, and I was like, "Oh yeah, I remember this movie." So I sat down and watched it. Hold on, I'm sorry, I'm getting all oh. okay. And um, and I was like, oh, okay, yeah. So I sat down and watched it. And me watching it, I, I knew everything that was going to happen already. So I, I wanted to see how he would kind of portray that character and, and how they would kind of change it up in a way... Um, from the original because the original didn't have as much um as much going on in it as this one does where where this one they kind of show the outside world in a way or they show kind of the the chaos of LA and and everything that's going on in the time where in the original it was just it was just him in that in a building with with the with the rest of the call center and then just the computer now the original looked good. It, it was filmed really well, um, and it was all mm -hmm. done like in those interior shots. But you didn't get to kind of see any of the outside world in a way. And uh, I was curious how they were going to kind of um, make it make it their own, I guess, um, in this version of it. And I think they did a pretty good job. I mean, because. It, it all falls on his shoulders, you know. Um, it, it's a it's basically a one man show, um, similar to like the phone booth uh, with um, Colin Farrell. Colin Farrell, yeah. Uh, anything where it's just one person is uh, basically running the whole show, and uh, and I think that. Um, I think he did a pretty good job. Now I'm more interested to hear what you thought about it because I, I went into it knowing everything that, that was going to happen, you know, and, uh, okay. And, Interesting. Uh, yeah. And, uh, even though I knew that I still enjoyed how they kind of recreated it. Okay. Yeah. Cause I'm, I'm, I'm definitely going to end up asking you questions about that, like out of curiosity between the two. Um, so, when I originally saw it advertised and you spoke to me about it and you were like, hey, yeah, it's a, it's a remake. I've seen the original. The original is really good. So I was like, okay, well, that sounds that sounds pretty good. And like, um, I love Jake Gyllenhaal. So off the bat, I'm like, okay, Gyllenhaal's in it. 
I trust Gyllenhaal can carry a movie, especially carry a movie where he is the pretty much for the 99% of the movie, the only person on screen. So I was like, um, I know that I know that Gyllenhaal can pull something like that off. Um, Fuqua, um, who's the director, what's his name? Is it Anthony Fuqua? Anton Fuqua? Anton, um, yeah. Anton Fuqua. I'm hoping I pronounced his name right. Um, yeah, so he, um, you like, he's made some pretty interesting movies, like Training Day, um, the Magnus, Magnificent Seven remake, Equalizer, Denzel Washington, Southpaw, another Jake Gyllenhaal movie where um, he was a boxer. With, Southpaw is actually a pretty good movie. So I like, I like this guy's style. I don't think he's a hundred percent successful, like with everything he does, but I think mm-hmm. he's he's got some chops. Yeah. Um, so. Um, I saw his name on it, saw Gyllenhaal on it. I was like, okay, I, I, I'm in for this. I'm, I'm going to watch this. And, um, you know, initially when I, I thought about Phone Booth and I also thought about that movie Lock with um, mm-hmm. Tom Hardy, yeah, um, yeah. which is another great movie where he's basically carrying the movie by himself and he's, he's driving in his car the whole time where that takes place. But um, so I was interested to see how it was going to pan out because I didn't really know like anything about the story or anything about the plot. Um, and um, basically the the plot goes along the lines of he is working in a, a police response call center unit um, for emergency response. He receives a phone call from a woman who sounds like she's being kidnapped. Um, and he basically enters into this race against time to try and save this woman. Um, but obviously he's trying to save her from this call center where he's, he's locked in, but well, he's not locked in, but he's, his hands are tied. He basically has to try and orchestrate a way in which to save this woman um, from his desk um, using whatever wits he can and like trying to call in favors and like spitball ideas. So like, it's a kind of a race against the time premise, which I think yeah. is cool. Um, so things I liked about the movie, Jill um, Hall, great as always. Um, the pacing of the movie's good. The movie's about an hour and 30 minutes long. It doesn't need to be any longer. It's perfect length for a movie like this, I think. Um, I um, I like how the when he's in the call center, you do see other people working there, but the camera kind of like, you'll do clever things where he's like, you'll put them out of focus. Um, it So the movie still is very, very like, it's a lot of tight angles, close-up shots in Gyllenhaal. Um, I think the um, the story's interesting. I like how um, the movie plays along the lines of it's called The Guilty and um, not to give any spoilers away, but immediately you realize that something's off about Hall's character. You're kind of like, yeah, something's not right about this guy. Like he has uh, terrible, terrible uh, anger issues. He's like, he's kind of a dick, to be honest with you. Like yeah. Um, yeah. when you're, and you're kind of like, and everybody around him is kind of like, oh, this guy's a bit of a douche. Um, so I think it's interesting how, it unfolds it's telling two stories so it's telling the story of this girl emily who's been kidnapped uh so we think and then it's telling the story of his character and um we're finding out about this guy like how did he get here how did he get up to the, to the police station um where is he from was he always a guy who was doing this call center stuff or did he come from another area of the police force mm-hmm. um and basically the movie answers all those questions and it does it in a way through uh conversations through confessions um he has with other people so um and i think honestly for the most part i think it's effective and i think it and it it hits 
every everything needs a hit. Now, I'm saying that have not having seen the original, so I don't know if I would be in a position where I was like, this movie didn't need to be remade. If it if it was remade, is it as exciting or original as the first movie? Which I can't answer either. Um so those are I'm gonna to have to rely on you to fill me in on those. Mm-hmm. Um but like I enjoyed it. I do have some issues with the movie. Um I think that whilst I think his performance is very good, I'm not a hundred percent sold on the performances of the people who uh he interacts with on the telephone, which is crazy considering the casting's really good. So you've got like um Ethan Hawke, um Riley Keo, who I love. Um, she plays Emily, the the main female um, who's in trouble. Um, you've also got um, who else is in this? Um, Peter Skarsgård, yeah, or Sarsgård, who I really like too. So like, but for me, some of the performances on the telephone came across like not as convincing to me. Mm. Like, I don't, I, um, I don't know. I didn't really get. I I could see. I, and maybe it's just because I can see Gyllenhaal emoting when he's acting. So that gives it a, another level. So like, maybe it's if I like, because you can't see these characters that he's interacting with, like, it's almost like you have to rely on their performances just purely vocally without like, in like you're imagining it in your head. Yeah. And for me, I, those two didn't gel as well for me um, with it. Um, I do think the movie is um, successful though as a whole. And if I did have to nitpick it, I would say that like those performances kind of take me out of it a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, as far as the original, it it follows pretty much all the same beats. Um, I think it was probably remade just to give it a little bit more attention. Um, because it was because I think it was received so well initially. So it might have been where they were like, well, let's put some star, let's attach some stars to it and see if we can kind of recreate that in a way. Yeah. Um, and if they succeeded, then, then they did. I'm not, I'm not sure. I haven't looked at any uh, other ratings on this so far. I want to say like the original was in uh, Rotten Tomatoes was like in the nineties, like top nineties. Yeah. Um, I heard that too. I did a little research after watching it, and I, I guess it was in like ninety seven percent for a long time. Yeah, the original. Yeah. Um, so they probably just tried to I, kind of yeah. recreate that in a way. Um, yeah, and I think a uh, uh, Gyllenhaal Hall, you know, did did his. Uh, I think he did his, his. I think he did kind of a top notch job with it. I mean. It's like it's it's a one man play pretty much. So it's like you have to you have to have faith that he's gonna um, represent that kind of that unbridled anger that that character has that almost he can't control. Um, uh, coupled with his kind of his superior like his superiority complex, like you know he's 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 supposed to be like this alpha alpha street cop sort of thing, but he's tied to this desk for a certain reason. And, and then everything is explained to you as it goes along and, and you, you kind of see the outcomes of what happens when, when he tries to 
you know, be that person and, you know, save someone and, and the reason why he he's doing what he's doing. I think, I think everything is, it lays is laid out really well and it kind of ramps up to that conclusion. Um, and, and it's, it's played really effectively by him. And then it just kind of, and then it ends. It gives you, it gives you a tiny bit of closure um, with the voiceover. And then it just kind of, it just kind of goes off into the, you know, LA sunset sort of thing. So, so I think, yeah, I think it was like a perfect, a perfect amount of time. You know, it was, it was like a tight hour and a half. And, um, mm-hmm. and you got, I think really strong performances from, uh, Gyllenhaal, um, reacting to what he's kind of, what he is having to deal with, uh, on that day, you know? Yeah. Did you know that the, um, so I was, when I was looking it up, that the script for this remake was touched up and rewritten by the guy who wrote True Detective. Uh, uh nick pizzolato yeah yeah Pizzolato. yeah yeah I, I saw his name in the in the uh in the credits in the beginning so i was like oh i mean this might be super interesting now yeah because you know you're in good hands if he's got his name yeah because he's he's talented um yeah i i agree i think like um this is exactly i think like a movie like this is kind of like the perfect netflix movie where it's like it's an hour and a half so it's not like it's not you know, watching a two two hour forty five minute like The Eternals or something. Mm-hmm. It's like it's the best compromise between not wanting to watch a TV show, but not wanting to like sit in your ass either. So it's like it's in and out, and it's like tight, and it's like it's mm-hmm. it, it's it doesn't re- you don't need you don't need to know any knowledge going into it. You don't need to take anything with you coming out of it because they're not going to make a sequel. It's just like this is a super fascinating little story that's happening right now. So it's kind of as, as if you were like to go, let's go on Google Maps and look at all of the police call centers in America. And then we're going to just drop a pin on one and we're going to go right in that one right at this moment and see exactly what this conversation is going on that's happening. And which is kind of cool because then you, you, you know, you get to hear like all these crazy call-ins that he's getting. And I think he does a really good job of portraying that kind of like, like masculine, um, but like not good masculinity. He ha- it's almost like, yeah, you're right. Like he was alpha top dog and he, and he's like incapable of like being put in his place or mm-hmm. incapable of not being in control of something, which is what ultimately happens when he starts trying to um, get to come to terms with this case that's going on with Emily and this missing girl is that like, he's still trying to control it as if he was trying to control everything. And he's realizing that like that, that, that style of uh, behavior or that like kind of like behavior pattern that he falls into is what's probably got him into trouble in the first place in which is probably what's led him up to being desk bound, stuck at this job because he's, he's not, he's like, he's not very rational. He just, he seems like he just fires on emotion and like, and Gyllenhaal does that really well where you can see him like, kind of like, coming undone and like struggling to like hold on to like um to to hold on to control which is pretty fascinating because like um it's a it's a very effective performance Uh, is the guy in the original is it similar is it is 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 it like a similar kind of like does he have like the same like anger issues 
it is, but it is also it's a different acting style to it's okay. not it's not as emotive in a way. I mean, uh-huh. he he does kind of he does uh portray a certain amount of of anger, but uh but his character is a little bit more reserved and um a little bit more of a tactician, I guess, in a way, uh, mm-hmm. where where it's not super emotional. You know, it's it's very okay. kind of matter of fact in a way. Okay, so I mean, that's anything else I'm going to say is going to be spoilers for me anyway. So, um, yeah, I like. Where would you say you, you fall on this? Is this a good strong re- recommend from you, Eric? Yeah, I would say it's a strong recommend. I, uh, it's a it's a tight little movie, and um, I highly, I highly, I I liked rewatching it. I really enjoyed rewatching it. Okay, yeah, strong recommend for me too. So spoilers. So stop listening. Go and watch it. We haven't really spoiled anything. I don't think. To be honest, we haven't spoiled anything of, of the movie. Uh, go and watch it. Come back when you've seen it, and um, we'll go into spoilers. So, um, part of the reason, like when I, I was talking about um, how I wasn't really feeling the other the other characters, the other act, the performances, is specifically Riley Keough's performance as Emily. Um, now, obviously, the that is such a traumatic and horrific thing that happens to her. Um, and I do like the switcheroo where first you kind of like, okay, she's just being kidnapped. Her husband's abusive. Then we get introduced to a children or child, one of her ch- children. And then you st- you're piecing together the movie just as Hall is. And like the, the, what's happening. So you're like, okay, this guy is being abusive. He's like beat up one of the kids. He's kidnapped her. And like, so yeah, he has, whole time, he has I'm, a bit of a checkered past, so you're assuming that's yeah. the type of person he is. Yeah, which is like, because the movie does a good job of keeping you pretty much, because we're just, of course, because we're only getting this from him, so we're hearing what he's hearing, so we're jumping to the same conclusions he is. Um, but I think the, the ultimate twist that turns around where it turns out that she's actually one with mental issues and she's the one that was harmful to her child, in, um, in, which it must be such an awful thing for a mother to do and then for somebody to have to live with especially being that um when we uh speak to when he speaks to her husband and her husband's like he's like yo like she's we've been trying to get her help we've been trying to get her on her meds keep her on her meds she's a good person she's a good person yeah she didn't mean to do this it's pretty heartbreaking because it's pretty tragic like it's not pretty tragic it's super tragic and um I think that I think that when he, uh, John Hall's character reacts to this, when he, he figures out what's happened, like you can see that he's like, I've pushed too hard again. Like I've pushed too hard. Mm-hmm. Like he could have like if he had been listening and like not being as bullheaded, like asshole, like dick cop self. Like he, <laughs> if he was listening more, he could have probably got to this conclusion earlier. Um but ultimately it starts to apex where you're like, she's going to kill herself. And this is kind of like, and he's kind of like orchestrated this situation in a way because there comes a a pretty clever point in the movie where he's watching him. He's hearing about events unfolding and we're experiencing these events unfolding in real time with him. But there's almost a switch 
where he starts to actually manipulate what's happening. So like a lot of the things that start to happen is through his manipulation, you yeah. know, like um, when he tells her to put a seatbelt on and hit the handbrake and he tells her to attack him with a brick and like, it's interesting how the, that like level of control shifts. I, th I thought that was a pretty cool, I think it's pretty clever writing. Cause like, I don't think, I think that's, you have to look for that or like to notice that, but it's in there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I almost kind of, I almost kind of wish that I didn't see the original so I could experience it the same, the same way. So I, I really, I really kind of, um, uh, I, I'm kind of envious in the way that, that you got to experience it this time where, where I was like, oh yeah, I know, I know what's going to happen next. I know how they're going to kind of do this sort of thing. So, um, yeah, I like the. I liked how they. I don't remember in the original if the kind of because Ethan Hawke is kind of a a voice of reason in this one, uh, where yep. where in the original I don't remember if that was so much the case in in that one. Um. And then uh, the. I don't know if they, I don't think they resolved it in the original in such a way that the, um, that they did in this one where, so I kind of, I like the, the, uh, ending on this one, um, more, uh, because you get a bit of, re uh, a resolution where in the original, I think he just, uh, he just says, you know, he calls up his friend and and it, and it's just like, just tell him the truth, and then he just kind of walks off off out of the scene from there. And then in in this one, you kind of get a what happens after uh, sort of thing. So I, I I like that aspect of it. Yeah, I thought I thought it was good. I thought it was. Um, I mean, like, so immediately when I'm watching the movie, like. Um, having seen so many movies, uh, it was like I, straight away I was like, okay, well, he's obviously been demoted to this desk job, um, which is interesting because you would think in my head what I'm thinking is is like it seems like a skill in itself doing that job. It doesn't oh, yeah. seem like a skill like you would just have if you were a detective or a beat cop. Like this feels far more specialized and far more focused. So I'm kind of like, would they just let you go and work this? Like, isn't this just like a whole, like, it's like a, 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 a skill set, like you have to have to do this, but I guess not because, <laughs> um, they just throw this beat cop in then. And he's just like, but what's funny is, is he's still handling a lot of calls like he would as, as if he's a beat cop where the guy's like, um, oh, I got robbed. And he's like, yeah, you got robbed by a prostitute. You know what yeah. I mean? Or like, uh, yeah. the, the other guy goes, Hey, I, I fell off my bicycle. I've hurt my leg. I need an ambulance. He goes, take an Uber. Don't yeah. ride the bike drunk. Like, stop being, you know, which yeah. I think was funny. Um, so I got a couple of chuckles out of that. Um, but like, yeah, I just think that's fascinating because I, I, like, the more I know about the police force, the more I'm guessing that they probably would do something crazy like that. They just throw somebody in to take calls who isn't trained to do it. Because <laughs> um, you must, you would have to be very sensitive. You'd have to be very, like, good at picking things out, details, You'd have to be very like, um, like it's, it must be very stressful dealing super, with calls yeah. like that all day long. I would imagine super stressful. Yeah. 
and I hope they pay them more than like $14 an hour. You know what I mean? <laughs> so like, um, cause that's a, yeah, that's crazy. So I thought that was, I thought it was good how, you know, like, I like that about him. I, I kind of like, it parts he's kind of a likable asshole, but then you, you know immediately that something's off. And then obviously as these phone calls keep coming in, the ones he's getting on the side, like when he speaks to his wife and he wants to speak to his daughter, it's just like, nah, you're kind of being a dick. And then like, he's like, will you be a court tomorrow? So you stop putting, and then like the reporter keeps calling him. So you're like, okay, like in my head, I'm like, well, what did he do? Like, I thought it might be like an internal affairs kind of thing. Like he got on the take that he was running with a crew that was like bad, bad cops. Mm-hmm. Um, but then obviously when he, the, the climax comes in, um, he believes that um, Emily's going to kill herself because she has a realization that she's the one that hurt her child, her infant. Um, and he's like, um, oh, I killed somebody. I killed somebody too. Like, I didn't think <coughs> straight, you know? And so it's like, yeah, I thought that was pretty good. She just didn't, she, like, for me, she's not, I didn't get the performance level out of her that I was getting from him. That's how mm-hmm. I feel. Like, mm-hmm. She was a little bit like, especially when he was talking to her and he was like, um, let's talk about something you like to do. Uh, you like to go to the aquarium. You like to, um, you know, and she's like, I like to go and look at the, the, the fish or whatever. The whole time I'm just, just kind of like, uh, I'm not being convinced by it. Like, yeah. I'm not convinced by her performance. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think when he's like, I killed somebody, I think that's the first time that he admits it to himself too, you know? exactly it's, it's probably exactly. like he, he was fighting that conclusion the entire time like so when he was talking to his partners earlier he's like yeah are you going to you know or when his partner was talking to him it was like Wait, we were just supposed to stick to the script stick to the script he was like if i tell them anything different they're gonna burn you sort of thing and and then by the end he was like he he just came to that conclusion that what he did was wrong and he he and he he ultimately he had to admit it to himself to kind of get get ready for the consequences for the things that he did so yeah yeah i think i th- i thought it was particularly effective um and 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 like it's kind of nice to watch a movie that was like uh it, it, very different obviously from the call in in like tonally in the sense that like a lot of it felt very real world like you hear about horrible things like this happening all the time it, it the movie feels very grounded it doesn't feel sensationalist at all mm-hmm. um it's kind of somber but it's still thrilling it's still like it still keeps you on the edge of your seat but it, it not in a like uh, a tacky or like a cheesy way um but i thought yeah i thought it was really good um i'm definitely going to watch the original now um just to 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 have both experiences so yeah. i suppose if part of me asking, well, why did they remake this is that maybe they just wanted to get more attention for the original. They thought that it's, it was underlooked and they could do something with it. Mm-hmm. All of the above, I feel like apply, you know, because I am definitely going to watch the original now I've seen this. So it's definitely had that effect on me. Um, it is interesting that when you start talking about remakes and we were talking about before with the call and I was like, I bet you the remake this, like this movie is prime for a remake. Yeah, it is interesting. It would be interesting to see if, if they actually do. Yeah. So would you say now, having watched both of them, did this movie need to exist? Did that like, does it need to exist? I mean, I'm glad that it did because I saw it and I probably wouldn't have seen the original, but like, 
having seen both movies, do you, do you, would you be like, well, I'd rather see Gyllenhaal do something with the writer from True Detective that's new? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm glad that they remade it uh, just so it gets a bigger audience. And maybe uh, in doing so, uh, people will search out the original and kind of get two different uh, perspectives on um, on the story. Um, because obviously it's from different writers, different directors. Um, and you'll have to like read some subtitles and catch up that way. But, uh, uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm really satisfied that, uh, that they remade it. Okay. Interesting. So, um, I think there's another reason why this movie got remade and I just, I was just looking it up. Um, the movie was filmed during 2020, during lockdown, um, and it filmed over 11 dates. So oh, yeah. what's perfect about this movie is, is if you did want to get, you did want to make a movie, you wanted to get something out on your streaming service, this is kind of the perfect movie to make during lockdown because mm-hmm. you could easily control that set, easily control the environment, knock it out in 11 days, and you've got yourself a super tight little thriller for like, you know, a week's yeah. work. Yeah, I mean, maybe there was maybe there was a cast of ten, maybe. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, all in all in all, with all the other the voice actors, and then the the odd one or two people that were in the office. Yeah, yeah, I would say probably about ten. Yeah, and they must have done that though. I'm guessing at the beginning of 2020, um, after the initial shock of shit, everything's going to be locked down. Mm-hmm. I, I should imagine there was a huge scramble in Hollywood where everybody was going, like, bring out the scripts. What have we got? Have we got anything that we can do that would fit this this filming, like, restriction? I'm sure they went through all of the vault and they were looking at everything going, well, can we do this? Like, is this something we could knock out? Is this something we could cobble together? Because mm-hmm. they just had to buy time. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. I definitely was probably some of that going on. But yeah, um, The Guilty... Excellent, definitely, definitely worth a watch. Um, I think all in all, for a for a, Net, a Netflix binge weekend, um, successful. I think so. Yeah, yeah. I was uh, I was yeah. uh, pleasantly surprised with uh, with what we got to see this week. Glad we picked some. Yeah. Uh, no, to, I'm, I'm glad we did too. Out of curiosity, you did say you watched four movies. What were the other ones you watched? I know uh, you said one of them was um, The Heart of the Fall. Yeah, I I started watching that one. I watched one called Count Me In, which is about drummers. Oh. Um and that was on Oh, interesting. Yeah, it was a that was on Netflix, I believe. Um but you had a lot of uh really famous drummers talking about um like that their history with being drummers and then people they looked up to stuff like oh, that. Just like yeah. a little short little music doc um uh-huh. and and then um harder they fall and then i started watching that animated series um it's called arcane um oh, okay and it, it, i guess it's based on a video game i don't know anything about the video game but there there's i think like nine episodes all together and they've released the first three um but i really like this animation style um, I'm not super big in, in into animation, but there's a there's a certain style that I really like um, when I do watch mm-hmm. them, and then this this particular one has that. 
So I was like, oh, this looks, it looks really interesting. So I started watching um, the episodes of that. Um, and then I think it'll, they're dropping, I think, three episodes every Friday until they're done with it. And I think it'll be done by mm-hmm. the end of the month. So um, I started watching that one called Arcane. Oh, I'll have to, I'll have to check that out because that sounds interesting to me. Have you heard about the, um, the Blade Runner anime that just came out? Yeah, I'm not sure what service it's on though. I think it's on like Crispy Roll or one of those weird like oh, anime yeah. things that yeah. all those nerds have. Um, <laughs> something like that, but uh, that does look pretty interesting. Um, it's called like Black Lotus or something. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, but I'm pretty sure that's um, yeah, locked behind one of those um, barriers for streaming. Um, I watched The Hotter They Fall. I didn't even start to be, I'm going to be honest with you, that movie does not look appealing to me at all. And I don't know why, because um, isn't Idris Elba in that movie? Yeah, I mean, the te- the cast is like, it's phenomenal, phenomenal cast. Yeah. I don't know why it doesn't, I think when I've ever seen, whenever I've seen a trailer for it, visually it looks really bo- boring to me. It doesn't look like, I guess it just doesn't look cinematic enough for me. Mm. You know, so um, me kind of being an asshole snob about that. So <laughs> I, I didn't watch that. Um, speaking, though, what I did watch, um, and I have absolutely no idea why, because it's terrible, but that um, Zack Snyder Army of the Dead mm-hmm. movie where mm-hmm. they do a heist in Las Vegas. Yeah. Um, I'd started it a while back and I gave up on it. And then I actually started watching it the other day because I was just bored and I didn't have anything on. So I put it on and yep, terrible. <laughs> terrible uh batista who i really like um i understand why batista's doing movies like this because obviously it's a paycheck and he's an he's an action guy mm-hmm. um but it's a shame because i think batista's better than some of the shit he's making like this um he's actually pretty good in that um did batista made this movie with um camille i forgot Na- his name camille um, nanjiani you know, yeah and um, it's like uh, I forgot the, what it's called, but it's like a it's like a buddy cop where he drives an Uber and he picks up Batista. Batista's like this badass cop, and he, but he doesn't have a car, so he makes him drive him around when he's doing all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, that movie's pretty funny, and Batista's good in that movie. And I like to see him do more stuff like that as opposed to like the Snyder shit or like the you know what I mean, like the yeah, that's yeah, it's it's not a good movie. It's <laughs> it's pretty awful actually. Um, so don't watch that. That's not a recommend from me. Um, so let's wrap it up. We're in the home stretch. Yeah. Um, what about what are our plans coming up, Eric, for the show? I didn't even look to see what what was available this um, this weekend. Um, so I'm not 100 percent sure on that. Yeah, we'll see what's uh, hopefully a plan is to try and get back to the theater this weekend. Yeah. Um, hopefully bring you something on, I'm guessing, Antlers if it's still on, French Dispatch if it's still on, um, whatever's opening this weekend, which for some reason, yeah, I haven't really paid any attention to, so I don't even know what's opening this weekend. But um, hopefully get back to the theater for, for the next episode. Yeah. And then also in the future, uh, you guys can look forward to me and Eric have been discussing doing some like um, Golden Goose episodes where we'll basically take like an all-time classic um like something that is universally revered as like un- untouchable 
um, and cover it, not with the intention of trying to take it down, um, but to just reappraise it. You know what I mean? So um, the mm-hmm. example I gave to Eric would be like Godfather Part 2 or I don't know, another Coppola movie. You could do uh, Apocalypse Now or, you know, like the greats, the big yeah. heavyweights of cinema. Yeah. Um, I think it'd be interesting revisiting some of those um, in the future. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think that's a really good idea. I mean, just to kind of to revisit some of those uh, classic movies um, that have kind of been foundational to all the stuff that we've grown up with in a way. So, yeah, I think that's a great idea. Yeah. Um, looking at it this weekend, uh, Belfast opens, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that is about it. Um, <laughs> yeah. So we'll, we'll figure it out. We'll make it work. Um, yeah. Thanks everybody for listening again. Um, I hope this has been interesting to you. I hope you've listened to this and you're going to go and check out some movies on Netflix. Um, if you have any suggestions of any like streaming service originals or like exclusives that you think Eric and I should cover, you want to hear us break down or talk, talk about, please send it in. Um, always looking for a good recommendation. Because, like I said, we wouldn't have we wouldn't have came across the call if we weren't really digging for it. So, um, any recommendation would be good for that. Um, and other than that, um, thanks again, Eric. I had a lot of fun. Uh, thanks, Scott.